Okay, so he's not in the building, and he's not picking up at home. Well, where the heck is Phil? What do you mean David's still in the Zeppelin looking for... Oh, boy. From approximately coast to coast and to all the airships at sea, this is the incomparable Radio Theater. Wouldn't they be over the sea? Never mind. Come in, Prospero. This is Ice Station Bird. Come in, Prospero. This is John Nelson at Ice Station Bird. Hi, honey. I'm home. Cute. <laughs> Don't lie. You'll only encourage me. <sighs> Dang it. Still no answer? I bet it's interference from the Aurora. Radio's just not getting through. Come in, Prospero. Say, have you heard from Dr. Fleming? I went over to the Green Pod, but there was no sign of him. Really? That's, uh, what, three days? He was excited about the experiment, but I, he didn't say much more than that. I'm worried, John. It's not like him to vanish like that. Relax, Marshall. It's Antarctica. Where is he going to go? That's what I'm worried about. <sighs> There's no point in radioing until the Aurora passes. They'll get here when they get here. Recording a log entry? Might as well. 16, January, 1987. Red Pod, experiment log, day 72. Studies continue apace. Preliminary observations of the bacterial properties of the gamma plankton samples reveal unstable lattices in the atomic structure. What was that? Probably just a chunk of ice blowing against the build. John, I'm scared. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. I'm sure there's nothing to worry about. I hope you're right. Uh, <clears throat> However, exposure to light and heat seems to strengthen these lattices over time. Perhaps a hydrothermic photosynthetic. John! That's not ice. Ah! What in the name John! of... Marshall! John! Marshall! Adventure awaits under the sea with the full Fathom 5. Join the International Rescue Team from the Pit Undersea Marine Alliance as they sail beneath the surface in search of mystery, intrigue, and the impossible. These are the adventures of the full Fathom 5. Tonight, the Lens of Navarone. Come in, Prospero. Mayday, mayday. The plankton! The plankton! That's where the tape ends, Captain. The plankton! Alan, you don't have to call me Captain. Pip will do. Aye, aye, Cap. Cute. Philippa, Pip Morgan, and crewman Alan Cochran are examining the wreckage of the Red Pod at Ice Station Bird, while the rest of the team monitors from their submersible vehicle, the Prospero, moored in a break in the ice not 30 yards away. 
What could he have meant by that? All these containment units and flasks are smashed, but I don't see any traces of plankton in them. Just this residue. Collect a sample and let's move on. It's cold in here, what with that giant hole in the wall. And all of the portable heating units are broken, but they're aimed at the containment units here. How odd. Why would Dr. Nelson do such a thing? Maybe for their experiments? Bring the logbooks, too. They might give us some idea of what was going on here. And where are the Nelsons now? And Dr. Fleming? There's no trace of him in the green pot, either. Well, no trace of him. There was that smashed vial and all that blood. You think that was Dr. Fleming's? Who else could it have been? Could they all have escaped? Do you think they're out there on the ice? Escaped from Plankton? I don't know, Alan. I just don't know. Prospero calling. Come in, Pip. Do you read me? Like a picture book, Jake. What's up? We're getting odd thermal readings in the distance. Could be an anomaly in the instruments. Or something else. Because it looks like it's moving. Which direction? West, toward Ice Station Navarone. Hang on. That would line up with the hole in the wall of this pod. Pip, look! What is it, Alan? The same residue, but on the edges of the hole. And tracks. Or track. It's hard to tell. Let me just get a picture or two here. So we're going with something else, then. You think? Alan, get a sample from over here, too, and then let's get back to the Prospero. Aye, aye, Cap. Pip. Call me Pip. You got it, Skipper. Keep monitoring the thermal anomaly. We'll be back shortly. Aye, aye, Cap. Don't you start with me. (laughs) Don't you wish. Make yourself useful. Prep the Arctic rover. We may be splitting up. Oh, so soon? But we only just started. Hush, you. Morgan out. Meanwhile, back on the Prospero, Jake Madison is talking with Pip, was talking, while Alan's sister, crewman Gwen Cochran, tracks the thermal anomaly with the help of Professor Alatriste. What could it possibly be, Professor? It's too large and too warm to be human. I suppose we shall find out soon enough. My guess is aliens. Ah, Jake, your guess is always aliens. Gonna be right one of these days. There are plenty of life forms beneath the sea that are alien enough for now. For all we know, this may be one such creature. Hmm, or two. Look at how the thermal pattern breaks up and reforms. Excellent point, Quan. Perhaps it is a pair, bonded together, hoping against hope to ensure their survival. The sea is a mysterious... Yeah, yeah, the sea is a mysterious place filled with wonder and weird creatures that keep trying to kill us. In a nutshell, we. Maybe it could be two humans, the way it's breaking up? All right, we've got some samples for you to analyze, Professor. Samples? Of what? That's what I'd like to know. Gwen, you keep tracking the anomaly from here. Alan, take the helm and pilot the Prospero to the mooring at Navarone. What about us? Just in case, you and I will take the rover over the ice and meet them there. Unless we meet the creatures first. We don't know that there's a creature. Totally a creature. Alan, radio ahead to Navarone and let them know something's on the way. Roger. I just have one question. Only one? Well, what happened to Dr. Nelson and Dr. Fleming? Could the thermal readings be them out on the ice shelf? I did get some pictures of the tracks leading away from the building. Let's plug the camera into the Prospero's computer and see. Almost... There. What? I think it's safe to say those tracks aren't human. Turns out... All right, team. We've got work to do. 
Let's find whatever that is before it reaches Ice Station Navarone. And kills again. You didn't have to add that. Totally had to add that. We don't have to do this, you know. What? This thing is headed to Navarone. Of course we do. No, I mean this whole undersea adventure thing. Jake, please. Could open a nice little bar in Venice. Maybe play a little jazz. Solve mysteries on the side. See? See what? You do like solving mysteries. That? Heck yeah. Just not when it's 80 below and there are monsters out to kill us. Did I mention the jazz part? We can play more jazz on the sub. Maybe we could settle down. Plant some roots somewhere. Jake, my roots are in the ocean, on the Prospero, until, well... I know, I know. Until you find him. Look, they found the bathysphere, all the equipment, even the diving suit, but they never found a body. I know my father's still out there somewhere. It's been five years, Pip. It's a big ocean, Jake. (laughs) You're telling me. Look, there's the transmission tower. We must be in range of Ice Station Navarone. So, where are the monsters? Ice Station Navarone, come in. This is Pip Morgan of the Full Fathom Five. Can you read me? Morgan, is that you? You're awfully hard to make out. I'll say. Stop it. You don't, you don't sound like you're underwater. We're on the ice shelf, headed your way, Dr. Price. And so is... a thing. A thing? Really, Morgan? We're following at least one set of tracks now, and the Prospero is tracking a thermal anomaly, but there's very little visibility up here. And watch, it'll be white or blue or invisible anyway. What, what, what's that? I didn't quite get, get that. Doctor, what was that? Surely some ice blowing against the side of the pod. I say, who goes there? Dr. Price, can you read me? I bet some ice blew against the antenna and snapped it clean off. Jake, step on it. Aye, aye, Captain. Not you two. After these messages, we will return to the full Fathom Five. Hey gang, David J. Lore here, and I'd like to tell you about how you can support the radio theater. You can become a member of the Incomparable Network. Just sign up for a monthly or annual pledge, and you can support this podcast directly. Here's what you do. Go to theincomparable.com slash members and sign up. Then you'll be asked to pick shows on the network that you would like to support. If you only check the box for Radio Theater, your entire contribution comes to us after a few fees. If you listen to other shows on the network and want to support them, check their boxes too, and your contribution is shared equally by all the shows you support. As a thank you for your support, members receive extras, including exclusive bonus audio, a live bootleg feed of The Incomparable itself, and a members-only group in the Slack app. As I travel around the country this season, I'm getting actors together in the same room to record, which we haven't done before. So one of our member bonuses is going to be the recording of that very first table read of each script, when we're all silly and giggly. If you think the shows are goofy as they are, You ain't seen nothing yet. Members will also get advance word of special merchandise, events, other kinds of things. We're hoping to do some live shows coming up. We'll let you know. And of course, it does take a fair amount of money to keep the incomparable Zeppelin recording studio flying. So the more you can support the radio theater, the more radio theater you'll get. There are contribution levels at $5, $10, and $20 per month, and annual equivalents as well. 
And if you're already a member, it's easy to go back in and increase your pledge to a higher level. If you do, you'll even get some extra special goodies in return. So if you'd like to support us and support the network, go to theincomparable.com slash members to sign up. Thanks! What the hell was that? Oh, oh, oh dear. This is going to come out of my pocket, isn't it? And now, we return to the full Fathom 5. Alletrista, je suis alletrista. Alletrista, j'étais plus marin. Now, let us get a look at you, side by side, with the electromicroscopic viewer. Do you see anything interesting, Professor? C'est possible. Well, what is it? C'est impossible. Professor? The samples Alan took from the red board's containment units. Those are primarily plankton. The molecular structures are denser, but recognizable. Well, we knew they were working with plankton. And the blood sample from the green pod? That is most definitely human. <gasps> Dr. Fleming? That, I cannot say. Though it is a fair assumption. But the samples from the hole in the red pod's wall? They match both the plankton sample and the blood sample from the green pod to a T. And I cannot believe I am saying this. They're not plankton? That's just it. They are, but only somewhat. They are equal parts plankton and human. How can that be? There are strange things done under the midnight sun, my dear. And more forms of life under the sea than we can yet comprehend. We've got to radio Pip and Navarone. We've got to warn them. Guys, guys, I've been reading through the logbooks, and I think I might know what happened to Dr. Fleming. Watch, he's the plankton monster. What? No. Well, maybe. Alan, Gwen, we don't even know that it's a monster. Yet. What have you found out, Alan? Well, the experiments in Bird were all about helping plankton to evolve. Evolve into what? A sustainable source of food, apparently. Plankton monster. Something to do with tinkering with the chemistry while in a sub-zero state? Then superheating them back to life? I'm not entirely sure how it worked. I suspect neither did they. That's just it. Each pod was doing their own experiments. The Nelsons kept working on the sustainable food idea, but Dr. Fleming did something else. What is it? What did he do? He found a way to accelerate the process somewhat. Here, Professor, look. Mon Dieu. This is more than just... Get peep on the radio! Professor? Don't ask! Just do it! Now! Before it is too late! Come on, Walkman! Come on, Walkman! Get them back! Get them back, man! I can't, sir. I think the antenna's gone. That would have been the snapping sound. Isn't there an auxiliary? I'll see if it's still working. The ice got to it last spring. Do what you can, Mr. Walkman. Aye, sir. There's too much snow out there. Can't see a thing. Carrie! Get down! Let them in. You can't be serious. Whatever is out there is on the other side of the pod. Open the door, Dr. Price. I've got it covered. 
Is everyone all right? Well, so far, so good. Dr. Price, I presume. Yes, and this is Sergeant Walkman and... Captain Carrie Goodnight. A bit more Navy out here at Navarone. Stronger walls, too, sounds like. Good thing. Well, this is the central station for the Queen Maud Land region. Bird is a satellite with... Was. How bad is it? The scientists are missing, the buildings are smashed, the experiments are gone. What do you mean, gone? Just that. Empty units, smashed flasks, not a trace of the work to be found. Oh, dear. So this thing of yours... Yeah. What about the logbooks? The records? We have those on board the Prospero. I'm going to need you to turn those over to us. We're going to need to survive this first. What was that? I'd say that thing out there is making some renovations to your Quonset pod. Come in, Pip. This is Prospero. Over. What is it, Gwen? Professor Alatrice needs to talk to you. Put him on. Pip, I suspect that creature. There is a creature, yes? That would be a yes, Professor. I suspect that creature came from Dr. Fleming's experiments in the green pod. But over in the red pod, the focus was on a sustainable source of food. Oh, yes. The experiments at Bird were about evolving plankton into a sustainable source of food for all. Mmm, bon appetit. But Dr. Fleming went further and appears to have tampered in God's domain. Here it comes. Hush. The sample seems to show human material blended with plankton. So, plankton red was food. But... Give me that. As well as the Nelsons. No. Give me that radio now. That's an order. I'm not in the Navy, Captain Goodman. Plankton Red was well within experiment parameters, but Plankton Green is not food. It is people. Called it. You knew about this, didn't you? These experiments are classified information. You're not cleared. It's a bit late for that. Your experiments are going to kill us all if we're not careful. She's right. Oh, Oh, no, no, no! I have uh, no! Dr. Price, snap out! Fleming, you madman! What have you done? Or was this your work, Captain? I said snap out of Ah! You don't... Oh! Run! Where? Further on and further in, there's a safe room. Dr. Price, follow us! Is that you? Oh my! Get a move on, or you're next! The radio went dead. There's no signal now, not even a trace. Trying to raise Jake. He's got one too, doesn't he? I hope. I just hope they heard all of that. And I hope they got away. Jake, come in. Jake, do you read me? All right, where are we? This is the observatory, and over there is the Faraday room. That's where we want to go. Just what kind of experiments have you people been doing down here? Don't ask. I had a feeling you'd say that. Is that a Tesla coil over there? Yeah. No. Right. Safe to assume there's a Faraday cage built into the structure? Right. If we can lure the creature over there, we throw the switch from the inside, he touches the outside, and... Unless that creature knocks out the power. Because, of course... You go ahead. I've got this. Bullets don't slow it down. We tried. Jake, can 
The Faraday room is reinforced. We'll be safe in there. Until when? If we go in there, it'll block all the radio signals. <sighs> Thanks a lot, Michael Faraday. You lure him to the Faraday room, I'll make a run for it. You'll be doomed like Price. If you've got a better idea, I'd like to hear it. Jake? Is anyone there? Jake, get as far away from the Faraday cage as you can. I've got an idea. Because the radio will work work better better over over there. there. Walkman, grab that Tesla coil and come with me. That is classified government property. Yeah, yeah, classify this, lady. Now let's wire it into the observatory here. Come in, Prospero. Jake! Thank heavens you're all right. Not quite, Gwen. Stand by. What are you doing to the telescope? Good question. Now what? We need to aim the telescope. Hang on. Where are you, Prospero? There you are. Lock it down, Mr. Walkman. Aye, sir. All right. Everyone into the Faraday room. Not so fast, Jake. Saw that coming. When the creature enters the observatory... Give the Prospero a five count... Before they fire the quasars... Which will hit the lens of the telescope, magnifying their energy... Powering the Tesla coil to fill the room with electricity while we're safely in the Faraday cage. And... Do you two do this all the time? Oh, yeah. Plankton hybrid super soldiers and Arctic power outages. This is nothing. You should see us on a date. We've never been on a date. I'm saying you should see us on a date. You get all that, Gwen? Five count, quasars, lens, pst. It's showtime. And five. Four. Three. Two. One. Zebra, see you in an hour. This is Prospero, over and out. Boy, how many ice stations are there down here? More than you'd think. After we leave Captain Goodman and Sergeant Walkman at Zebra, what then? Full steam to Venice. Jake. Sell the Prospero, buy a little bar on the Piazza San Marco, play a little jazz. You know you want to. I've got a clarinet. We We know. know. Someday, Jake, but not yet. Your father. Clive Morgan would have been proud of everything you've done with the beat undersea marine alliance beep. But it's been five years. He's almost certainly gone. Almost. Beep. Professor, with all you've seen out here, with all we've encountered, are you really prepared to say he's dead? That's what I thought. Now let's get out of here. It's kind of ironic, no? How so? They were on a quest for a sustainable food source, and the food wound up eating them instead. Boy, if I had a dime for every time I've heard that one. That and a dime will get you a free cup of coffee. Hey, Gwen, how about a little traveling music? (laughs) Well played, Captain. Someday, Jake. Someday. This has been another adventure under the sea with the full Fathom Five.
Let's say you're a doctor. You've had a rough year, maybe working on the front lines, maybe trying to forget a romance gone wrong. You're just looking to get away from it all. But where to go? The same old tour groups? The bed and breakfasts in the middle of nowhere? No. You're looking for somewhere warm as the wind, soft as the kiss of snow, maybe somewhere with songs to sing. There's only one travel service that'll do. Zhivago. Compare and contrast, find the best places at the best prices. I hear Siberia's nice this time of year. Maybe you're traveling with a friend or something more. Hush, dear. Maybe you'll even find that lost love and win her back. You are a dashing young doctor, damn it. So look us up. Find somewhere to love. Zhivago. It's all right, baby. It's the weirdest thing. One day, Phil's right there, mixing drinks like he does, reading credits like he does, and the next, poof, he's gone. What, this again? The Incomparable Radio Theater was written by David J. Lohr, directed by Serenity Caldwell, and edited by me, Jason Snell, and starred Kate Clashine and Steve Lutz with Sarah Barber, Brian Hamilton, Andy Anako, Leo Laporte, Joe Rosensteel, Micah Sargent, John Syracusa, Chip Sutter, and Amy Ratchford. What do you mean the Zeppelin's gone down?